True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Hello, welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal and Renee. And we have part two right now of the Daniel Underwood case. And we're very fortunate to have another great guest today. Her name is Jenny Perry. But before we get started with our interview with Jenny, we're going to read our featured interview, which is from Dino 40 Pun. And the title of it is My Favorite Podcast. They gave us five stars. It said, I first heard about this podcast on Reddit as I was trying to dig deeper into the Missy Beavers case. Crystal and Renee do an amazing job analyzing the case, and they are local to it and provide way more information than any you can find anywhere else. Trust me on that. They do this podcast from the goodness of their hearts and to finally get this case solved. Also, their intro music bangs and gets me hype. The only complaint I have is I wish they would do more episodes. That's so nice. That was so nice, and they spelled your name right. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> they spelled Renee's name right. That's awesome. Um, okay, well, thank you so much for that fantastic review, and we are are back here with the Daniel Underwood case. Daniel Underwood uh, was 33 when uh, police in Sulphur Springs, Texas, received a 911 call from Rebecca saying that he had accidentally shot himself. Listen to the 911 call. What's your emergency? He shot himself in the head? Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, we'll be right back with Jenny's interview. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, well, welcome back. Now we have our guest with us. Her name is Jenny Perry, and she is the witness that has come forward to tell her story. And I, without further ado, here's Jenny Perry. Jenny, thank you so much for joining us on True Crime Broads. Recording in progress. So do you want to tell us a little bit about how you met Rebecca? Um, I actually moved in next door to her with my grandparents on hospice in 2012. So I did not know her or Donna or Stacy or any of them when the incident actually occurred. I didn't right. meet her till four years after. Okay. When I, when I moved in next door, she, she would come over at the time I smoked cigarettes. I don't anymore, but, um, I would sit outside and smoke cigarettes and she would come over, you know, to talk to me when I was sitting on the porch and she was usually pretty strung out on methamphetamines that I found out later. That's what it was, but I knew she was strung out on something, but she would come over every time she saw me outside and just talk and talk and talk and talk never shut up really um we were discussing different things different occasions and stuff and at one point we were talking about being in trouble with the law and if either one of us had 
you know, previous convictions and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I had told her about an incident where I had gotten in a fight when I was back in my 20s and almost gotten a lot of trouble for that. And, you know, not to get into my whole story, but she she's one of those people that what I call one up you. She always has to sound more important or um, have a better story than you or whatever. And she just proceeded to tell me about um, she she should be in prison right now if it was up to Daniel's mother. Wow. And I asked her who Daniel was, and she said her ex-boyfriend. And I said, what do you mean you should be in prison? And I, she said, because... Um, she just flat out said it, and I don't know if it's because she was strung out and didn't realize she was saying it, or she was just wanting to vent to someone that had no idea about any of it, you know, like didn't know any of them or anything. But she said, because I shot his effing brains out and during an argument. And Wait, Jenny, we don't want to miss any of this. Do you mind um, leaning forward closer to your microphone? We're having a little I bit of apologize. trouble. No, no, that's okay. We just don't want to miss any of this. This is this is riveting. Okay, go ahead. We're sorry to interrupt you. Anyway, she she proceeded to say she blew his effing brains out, and but they had ruled it a suicide. And I said, "Well, why aren't you in prison?" And she said, "Uh, well, if it was up to his mother, I would be, but the cops ruled it a suicide because I was an informant." And at this point, I'm just thinking this, pardon my language, but this crackhead bitch <laughs> is right. just talking out, you know, her butt and, you know, just trying to sound like she's some gangbangers. I don't know. I mean, I was older than her and worried about my dying grandparents. I really didn't pay attention to much of it. And she said, well, they ruled it a suicide because we were fighting over the gun and, I shoved it back toward him and pulled the trigger and it blew half of his head off. Wow. And I'm just, you know, still at this time, I'm just like, this woman is nuts and wants attention or whatever. And I had dying grandparents, so I didn't, you know, pay it much mind or whatever. And, you know, she proceeded to say that his mother was trying to say that it was murder and wanted her in prison, but she was an informant and, the cops, you know, she told me at later occasions that she was having sex with several of them, but they were all friends and, you know, they ruled it a suicide, but his mother is still pounding, trying to get her thrown in prison. And like I said, at the time, I was just kind of listening to her while I was smoking a cigarette. And then I said, I got to go. And I went inside and we had other little conversations, nothing in any more detail than that. But, you know, she would bring it up every now and then making you know little snide remarks about it or whatever. Well, both my grandparents died a month and six days apart, you know, just maybe a month after this conversation. And I moved and it was several months later. I was looking at the community site there for Sulphur Springs and I saw corruption in Sulphur Springs, the case of Daniel Underwood. And I'm just like, hmm. And I, you know, I read stuff like that. The more I got to reading this, the more I realized this is because it said her name and okay. I never even knew her last name. I just knew her name was Rebecca. Right. And it said her name in it. And I was like, oh, my God. And I told my fiance at the time, I said, this is that stupid woman that lived next to us. You know, And I was explaining to him, that, you know, she she really was telling 
a true story. I didn't even know the story was true, but she left out, you know, that all these details and stuff that they're telling in this corruption thing. And I said, and you know, it's not saying in here that she blew his brains out. It's saying that he committed suicide. And so I text messaged or private messaged, I believe it was Stacy, his sister. And, um, or it may have been Donna. I don't remember. It's been, you know, 2012. Mm-hmm. I had messaged one of them and told them who I was and that she had told me this big, long story. I mean, it was an excessive long message that I sent to them. And I don't know how they could have even read it that fast, but I mean, within minutes, Stacy called me and she said the details that I was telling her matched the forensics and it It was the closest that anything had ever come to the forensics that they had heard about and wanted to know if I could, you know, talk to them more and try to help them, you know, get this out there and all that. And so that's what I've done. I mean, like I said, I'm not a witness to the actual incident, but I'm just a witness to what she told me. That's amazing. Wow. Confession. So have you had any follow-up at all from law enforcement regarding this? No, 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 no one has ever contacted me except, you know, Mr. Cochran or different podcasts or, mm-hmm. you know, the TV show we were on. And, but not but anyone, as far as authorities, yeah. no one has ever asked. That is sad. That's interesting. And I know that Donna, um, Donna Underwood, of course, is Daniel Underwood's mother. She has been very proactive in trying to get more attention on this case now that more facts have come out. There's also um, the roommate, Maria, who came forward later. Oh, don't worry. Our dogs bark all the time. Don't worry. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. Don't worry pulled about up it. outside and they all had a fit. So, but, so have you heard anything about any movement in this case? I'm, I'm pretty sure that Donna had kept in touch with you after that. Is that true? Yes. Yes. We stay in touch through messaging and I check on her and, you know, through Facebook and stuff like that. But like I said, no, no attorney, no law enforcement, nobody like that has ever asked me anything. That is unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. Um, So I wonder, well, we're about to interview Donna after your episode and we're going to see what's going on there and what can be done. Cause it seems like the district attorney, it sounds like, has the district attorney been notified or just the, the sulfur string Springs police, or do you know? I don't know all the legal stuff or who's been involved in any of it. I've only spoken to Donna and Stacy and, you know, the, the different podcasts and okay. shows that they have. Right. Asked me to know what I know. As far as the legal aspect, I know nothing. Now, do I just you- know that Stacy had told me, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Stacy had told me in that initial phone call because she had asked what all Rebecca had said and when I had told her about them Rebecca told me that she went in and got the gun and was fighting with him in the hallway and she had the gun in her hand with her hand on the trigger I mean these are her words and she said she kind of showed me you know with hand movements she said he was across from me in the hallway and he was trying to grab the gun from me and pushing it t- 
toward my right over my right shoulder. And she said, we did that several times because I was trying to push it toward him. And um, she said he pushed it over my right shoulder. And then I just pushed it forward and blew his effing brains out. And when I told Stacy, that's what she said. She's that's when she said that, you know, what I had heard from her is what matched the forensics. Right. Do you believe that Rebecca was an informant? Oh, yeah. So you think she was working for the police as an informant? For, do you mean for like crystal meth? Yes. Dealers? Yes. And I think, and I don't know if that's why she was on it so hard, but I think her, her being an informant for them because of the, the meth is part of why she got so bad on it, maybe. Because she was, you know, dealing with these drug people to to inform the police about their selling and manufacturing and, you know, so forth and doing it being kind of undercover. Did she got her more into it? Did she say that she was an informant to try to get her own drug charges reduced or did you know how she became an informant? I never really asked her any of that. She just said, uh, that that's how she gets most of her drugs because she's an informant and she don't have to pay for it. That is wild. So I don't, I don't know if that meant that the law enforcement was providing her or it's because she was undercover trying to, you know, snitch on these people that she had to do it with them to, you know, and it was provided for her to do that. I don't, I don't know what any, like I said, my grandparents were both dying and I really didn't right. care. You had a I lot mean, more. That on your sounds mind. mean. No, I that know. Wasn't my priority. I know. No, I know exactly what you're saying. There I, was, just, I didn't care about the meth head next door. You know. Right. Right. Did you feel like she was telling you? Did she tell you that she was having affairs with police officers? Did she tell you yeah. that herself? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Did. did she by chance mention anything about the reason she shot him? The only thing we discussed at that time was um, because I said, well, why, you know, when I asked her why she wasn't in prison and so forth, and, and uh, she said that she was an informant and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, why did you shoot him? I mean, were y'all in an argument? Why were you fighting over a gun? And she said that, well, if you listen to his mother's story, it's because I stole all his money. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean you stole all his money? And she said, well, he had a 401k or retirement or something. Like I said, I wasn't really paying attention. And she said $25,000 was gone within a matter of a couple of months or something. And she said, but it wasn't all me. It, you know, part of it was him too, because we went partying a lot and dancing and, you know, did stuff or whatever. And she said he found out that it was all gone and wanted to kill himself is what she said. Mm. And I said, well, then why did you go get the gun? If he wanted to kill himself, why did you go get the gun? And she said, because I was giving it to him, telling him that if he wanted to kill himself, do it. Wow. That was a good question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, like I said, at that time, I'm sitting here thinking this crackhead woman is, you know, <laughs> whatever out of her mind. And I just, 
I never thought anything else about it until right. I read that article. And I'm like, oh, my God, th- these are real people. Right. You know? Yeah, sometimes when people tell you stories like that, you're, you know, it's kind of hard to believe them because it sounds so far-fetched. I get that. Especially considering she was strung out when she told it. You know, I just didn't take her seriously. And like I said at the time, I mean, within a month, both of my grandparents died a month and six days apart. And so her stories and meth stuff and all, it just wasn't even in my my whatever you want to call it I, right I, right it wasn't important to me you know right did you call in this tip to the sulfur springs police or to crime stoppers renee i don't know if there is a crime stoppers out in her area in sulfur springs there's probably either one for like the east texas the area or okay something. Yeah. gotcha jenny have you talked to I anyone ne- in law enforcement no i i have never talked to them because i lived in sulfur springs for eight years and i know how crooked they are and yeah you know, I had a friend or two that were actually constables and judges there, and I'd said something to them about it one time, just in conversation when I I was taking my nephew up there for community service or whatever, and they said, yeah, it's a closed case. It ain't never going to be open, uh, and that's all that's ever been said. They never took a statement from me, nothing. It was just kind of blown off like here's another crusader, you know? <laughs> right, right. That's, that's just crazy. So what makes you think that Sulphur Springs um, police is corrupt? Because I don't know anything about that. Is it just the way you've seen things handled over the years? Yes. Okay. And I was actually, my fiance that I was talking about at the time, he had been in trouble with the law since he was a teenager. And you know, thank God I finally got away from that abusive relationship. But if if they were really legit, he would have been in jail the whole time. Yeah. But, you know, it's just how they handle things. It's all about the money there. Okay, so yeah, they you had personal experience. They want it. Yeah. Wow. Well, we can't thank you enough, Jenny, for sharing your story with us. It's really incredible that you have this woman basically confessing to you and it sounds like this information needs to get somewhere where someone can do something about it. Right. If we, if we can um, yeah. do some research and figure out um, maybe who you need to tell the story to that will listen and maybe they can open things back up, you know, maybe, maybe, um, you know, we can get some information for you and we'll keep in contact with you and, and go from there. Yes, please. Yeah. Cause I've, I've told Donna, if there's, anything ever I can do I mean like I said I wasn't there when it happened but I mean if there's anything ever I can do to help get it open back up or anything just let me know has Rebecca ever contacted you again um she hasn't personally contacted me I've seen her in a couple of places and she kind of scurries off the other direction when she sees me so (laughs) I haven't had any (laughs) All right. I just wondered if she'd contacted you, if you'd heard, you know. Yeah, she's probably thinking, I wish I hadn't confessed to her that time I was on drugs. Right. Yeah. 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 If she she even remembers it, you know, because she was pretty messed up. That's true. But, you know, typically when somebody confesses to something, you think that's going to definitely change the outcome, you know, of the case. Yeah, that's it's, crazy. It's, it never has, though. They, they closed it. And I think a lot of it is they just don't want to, those officers that were, you know, having affairs with her and all that, they don't want all that to be known and come out. And so they're just sticking to their guns with it, not wanting to open it back up because right. they know the truth will 
get them in trouble. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, that's interesting how there's stuff potentially under the surface that you don't really know about just at a glance. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for your time. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you coming on. And um, thanks for everything. If there's anything we can ever help you with, let us know, and we'll be in touch. I have you on Messenger, and um, I'll make sure that Renee knows how to get a hold of you, and we will take it from there. But thank you again, and we hope you have a great I would like I would. Yes, ma'am. I, I would I would like to ask anyone who's listening to please say a prayer for Miss Donna. Please. She needs it. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, thanks again, Jenny. And we will hopefully get to talk to you again in the future, maybe after some good news happens in this case. Yeah, that'd be good. All thank right. you for yes, coming on. Please. I hope, I hope it does. Thank Me you. too. Well, thank you again. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yes. Yeah.